Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 233. And this week, it's another potpourri kind of episode because we don't have a Night Vale episode until tomorrow. But we did have some other stuff that we consumed. Yes. First of all, we should do our usual sit rep with beer. Sit rep! Go. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm having another elusive tart. Although Deep River on Wednesday is going to be releasing a new beer called Old Fashioned that's going to be made Ooh. with cherries. Oh, I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a Stone IPA this week. I have a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which is fine. Okay. I kind of got it on accident. I saw the Pale Ale and... I don't know what I was thinking. I just grabbed it. It's not as strong as an IPA, and it's not as hoppy, um, but it's tasty. It's fine. It's basically it's beer. beer. Yeah. It is beer. It does taste like beer. So anyway, um, sit rep in California. They're doing kind of a limited reopening, and it's based on what color your community level is at, because the idea if you have so many new cases per thousand you can have certain businesses open. So it's the idea like, I don't know, there are definitely some out-of-the-way communities that feel punished by having things closed down when they don't really have as much infection rate. So I guess it's the way to address that. I still think it's all too soon, you Mm -hmm. know. I've got friends who go to restaurants all the time because they have outdoor seating, and they're like, oh, it's all socially distant, and we all wear our masks when the waiter walks up and this. And I'm like, I don't know, you know. I just, but it's, I'm not one of those people that feels like I have to go out and run people, so I don't know. Um, Also, it must be nice for people definitely whose livelihood depends on things being open, so I'm not going to be too judgy about it. Yeah, it's always this catch-22, because you don't want people to go out and get infected, but you also want people to still be able to make a living, but then you worry about the hourly workers who, if their restaurant is open, they may want to actually stay in and socially distant, but they can't because then they'll lose their job, so there's not really any good decisions. Um, North Carolina, I think we had a big uh, increase in cases. We'll probably have even more after, you know, two weeks past a certain uh, Republican convention took place in Charlotte. Yeah, right, um, right. Our governor has decided to extend a rule about um, nobody being allowed to serve alcohol after 10 o'clock at night. And I think that's the whole idea that it just increases bad behavior when people get drunk late at night in large groups. Yeah, I heard also because the infection rate is rising among younger people, and it's going to tend to be younger people who do the late night drinking, I suppose. I mean, I think there's plenty of older people who do late night drinking as well. But yeah, it's just, I don't. You know, I don't even know what the solution is other than the fact that if you do have a job that allows you to stay at home and make a living, I think it would be better to just stay at home for a while. But that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so otherwise, the news is no real news on that. No, not uh, not coronavirus related. But of course, we lost Chadwick Boseman last week. So. I just hurt. I, oh, I cannot believe. And I am just stunned that he was sick. He was that sick for four years. Yeah. And he yeah. made like I mean, half a dozen movies that entire time and nobody knew, or at least nope. none of us knew. No. Yeah. I'm sure his inner, inner, inner circle knew. And that, I mean, in a way, I guess it makes sense. I think he was diagnosed, I guess, right when his career was making this big leap up. And once you tell people you have cancer, I think that's all anybody ever thinks about you. They're like, oh, yeah, Chadwick Boseman, he has cancer. And I think he was like, if you're going to go, you know, maybe give them something else to remember him. And, and I, But I have no idea. I mean, it's not like I knew the man. But I'm just, I'm so amazed. I can't believe 
all the things that he accomplished when he was so sick. And there's been a lot of talk, of course, about who's going to take over the Black Panther role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the vote is against trying to recast the character, which I agree with. I think that would be, I would just be sad if I saw somebody else there. There has been an idea of having uh, the character's little sister, Shuri, uh, take over the Black Panther oh. role, which I would love. Just make sure that she has somebody that she can play off of as well as she did with Chad. Right. Right. And I know that her character in the comics, which I'm not as familiar with Black Panther comics, and that's my fault, but I know she does have a role as a Panther kind of character, just not the same as him, obviously. Um, I need to research that a little bit more because the door is open for that. Just like with Falcon Cap, I mean, people are like, oh, they made, you know, Falcon into Captain America just to be, you know, social justice and blah. And I'm like, the character existed in the comics. Yes, okay? exactly. Falcon Cap was a thing. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, God, um, well, we should move on to something cheerier, I suppose. We're like uh, doom and gloom. Yeah, by the way, fuck cancer and 2020. Could you just stop? Yeah, that's enough. Okay, f- stop. But anyway, oh, on other news, oh, the latest episode of Laura Olympus dropped it. Oh, my, oh goodness. my goodness. Okay, gigantic spoiler. We have been waiting yes. this entire time for somebody outside of Persephone's inner, inner circle to know what Apollo did to her. And Hera has just found out. She she probably doesn't know exactly what happened, but she knows something is up and that Apollo is involved, and she caught him red-handed. Literally, like, he put his hand on her. She was disguised as Persephone at the time, which totally makes sense that he would just get all handsy with her and was like, why haven't you been answering your phone? So she knows that. She knows that he's been pestering her. And she knows that he said, did you tell Artemis about Mm -hmm. what happened? And I do wish that maybe she'd sort of waited and given him a little more rope to hang himself. But I mean, it is still pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm worried that What's going to happen? Because Apollo's a savvy guy, and he mm-hmm. saw Persephone leaving after her visit with Demeter. So mm-hmm. he knows that Hera was fooling Demeter. So he's got yeah. that to hold over her. But he can't really use that because Demeter's already told him to stay the fuck away from her daughter. And right. if Hera tells him, okay, yeah, I messed up. I was impersonating your daughter, and Apollo didn't know that, and he was getting handsy with her, then something bad's going to go down. Yeah. I mean, it's all getting so complicated because already Demeter said to Hera, because she thought it was Persephone, because, you know, Hera was, of course, completely brilliantly disguised as Persephone, but absolutely no idea how to act like Persephone. She's being all, like, high-minded with the wait staff, like, I'm so sorry that you brought me tap water, you know, it's just, <laughs> but... So Demeter was asking her, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I'm just a little tired. That's probably why I'm grumpy. She's like, do you feel the way that you did before the accident? And Hera's like, accident so i mean there's so much information because zeus knows what persephone did where she murdered all those mortals but i don't think Hera knows that yet right i don't think zeus has told anybody because zeus feels he's taking it personally that somebody did this behind his back and that somebody covered it up behind his back at this point Minth and apollo probably need to put their heads together because uh, Apollo is going to need all the leverage he can get, and Minth knows about Persephone going to town on a bunch of mortals, and so Minth 
and Apollo could together take Persephone down, I suppose, and then Minth would be free to get up with Hades. And you know what? The awesome thing is this is really just as complicated as a Greek mythological story, you know? It it is, yes. But I think Minth is in for a really nasty shock because if she thinks that humiliating Persephone with her history and what she did is going to endear her to Hades, well, she's got another Mm. thing coming. I wonder... There's probably part of her that knows that, and the other part is just like, well, if I can't have him, no one can. I could see that. It seems like, what is it? Is it Metis or Thetis, her frenemy? Who, who's I, like, I think it's Thetis, yeah. yeah, who's having an affair with the uh, witch called Zeus. Yeah, it, it sounds a little bit like Thetis is, that's more her style. You know, if mm. I can't have him, nobody can. Because Thetis is already trying to mess up Zeus's marriage, which, <laughs> mm. it's already a mess. It is already a mess, which is... I mean, it's wonderful because you're sitting here and like, God, why is Harry even with Zeus? And I remember thinking that when I read the original Greek myths. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, why is she with him? He's a tool, you know? Uh, anyway, I'm so excited. And I don't want to pay the money to get the episodes early because I know that all that'll mean is I will get the episodes a little bit earlier, but I will still have to wait the same amount of time for the next one. But man, it's tempting with stuff like this. Sure I'm just like, is. I Oh my god. <laughs> Does she have any merchandise? Do you know? I would not I would not say no to a Laura Olympus t-shirt. I wouldn't either. I should check that out. I don't know. And certainly when we find out, we will post it in the podcast description. But yeah, oh man. Oh just and it was the art was really pretty and a lot of great expressions and uh, <sighs> So one yes. more week, yeah, yeah, one more week. Anyway, um, the other thing that we have been watching is The Mandalorian, and you just tonight watched episode six. Ah, that is the prisoner, and like you said, it's a heist episode. It's a heist episode, and also a prison break episode, and two of my favorite types of episodes. <laughs> it was fun. Now, episode five, uh, which was the gunslinger, I think mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was fine. I mean, the yeah, the yeah. big reveal is that the up and coming young bounty hunter who's looking for the Mandalorian to be his mentor turned out to be a backstabbing little twerp. And I'm sorry, yeah. that's a pretty standard trope right there. I could, you could kind of see that coming. It was kind of shocking that he shot their bounty in cold blood mm-hmm. like that. I mean, their bounty was this kick-ass bounty hunter. She wasn't expecting that. She honestly no. thought she was going to be able to talk this green kid around, but nope. So, nope. yeah, but I did like the um, the little repair droids. I always like those. Oh, I love those. Hey, so it's Ming-Na Wen who's playing the the actual gunslinger. I guess the title of the episode would probably refer to her. But she can't possibly be dead. I mean, that's a pretty... She's got all this time on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and ER and everything. I don't think they would bring an actress like her in for just one episode. And we did see somebody stop by the body at the end. So yeah, she's so probably still alive, that would I guess. Be, that would be interesting. Now, who's also still alive is the characters in the heist episode. Uh, yes. The prisoner. Yeah, I was... Now, Nate, when, when the end of the episode came up and you saw that the Mandalorian hadn't killed the three of them, he just locked them in the cell. Nathan was like, called it. Yeah, I know, because you didn't see any of them actually die. I mean, I was thinking the big guy with the horns and everything. He's holding up the one door and Mandalorian clicks the button and then the other two doors slam shut on him. And I <laughs> love thought, that. I thought that they, we were about to see like a headless body slum down on the ground, but we didn't see it. I'm like, hmm. And then we didn't see anybody else actually die. And so I thought the same thing. I'm like, 
He didn't kill them. They're not dead. Yeah. Do you know who played the big guy, the big devil guy? Is it, that's the curtain. That's the curtain. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. Because they did a really good job on the makeup because they changed his features of his face. And I'm looking at him like, well, he doesn't look familiar. But as soon as I heard him, I was like, I can imagine him yelling, there can be only one. <laughs> See, it took me a little bit longer. It was midway through the episode. And he turns around. He grimaces. And I'm like, something about the mouth. I'm like, that's the Kurgan. Yep. There you go. Boy, he's been. And I think Hannah had mentioned in Little Shop of Horrors, she thought that she saw the evil guard from Shawshank Redemption in the crowd. And I was like, oh, you mean the really evil one? She's like, yeah, that was also the Kurgan mm-hmm. in Shawshank Redemption. But he was not in Little Shop of Horrors. I did check. Unless Aww. it was like a completely uncredited role, which is not completely unlikely. But um, yeah, no, that's another thing. They certainly couldn't kill somebody like him after just one episode. He's got to come. Also, who was the guy playing, what is it, May- Mayfair or May- Mayweather or whatever is the bald guy? I mean, it's not Bulldog from Frasier, but it's like a real similar, but I've seen him. Oh, the stuff. one with the little, the one with the cute little backpack gun that was firing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan was the one who spotted that, you know, in Breaking Bad, the great big guy and then the little Weasley guy that uh, wandered around with him. Vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, he was the little guy. I hang on. I am going to look this up because it's going to drive me crazy because I know him from something else, but I couldn't tell you what. Hang on a minute. Yeah, the big guy was Huel. Oh, I, that's vaguely familiar. I, I still don't think that's what I, I'm thinking of. Hang on a second. All right, I know what it is. He's got a big stand-up routine, and I'm not really up on my stand-up comedians, but he did appear on an episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is oh, one of my, okay. I will have this stuff on in the background when I'm working on things. That's where I know him from. I was like, that went darn Bill Burr, that's what his name is. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, it was fun, too. I mean, I liked all that. Um, so many good little one-liners. My only problem is, if they had gone through and done the heist the way they said they were going to do the heist, Mm -hmm. everything would have been fine. Mm -hmm. But they all just shot themselves in the damn foot by being assholes, you know? By going after the kid and trying to double-cross the Mandalorian. And I'm just like, I can think of like a million ways that if you just hadn't done that, everything, everybody would have gotten out, everybody would have gotten their money, it would have been fine. But no, they had to double-cross and they got screwed. And I'm like... That seems overly complicated, I suppose, but I can forgive it, I guess. Yeah, the whole plan to begin with didn't seem very solid, because I don't know how they would have handled all of those guard droids if the Mandalorian hadn't been out there to take them all out in hand-to-hand combat, which was very cool, which is like one of my favorite parts of the episode. So cool. And of course, it was the big guy with the horns who shot the little... with that little droid there, and that called all the droids to the area. If he hadn't done that, they might have had a little more time if they hadn't, you know, I don't know, shot the human guard that they found there. If they'd done something differently, he probably wouldn't have called for reinforcements. So there's a lot of like... Well, that was the thing. It wasn't reinforcements that he had there. And I thought that was the sort of... I mean, it made for a very cool ending. But that little mm-hmm. thing that he had there was, you know, what the reason why they were all like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. It seems like that was some kind of dead man switch sort of thing. Like if he presses that, then it's a signal for everybody to come and just destroy the place because it means right. things have gotten worse than can be fixed. I guess I sp- I did love seeing the X wings at the end though, oh, especially when they too. like when they like all opened up like that. I'm like, oh, get them! <laughs> it was just really <laughs> that was fun. Uh, yeah, 
fun episode. Just all those sneaking around and even the big guy like grabbing the one giant security droid and chucking to the other and there's an explosion. I'm like, oh, that is cool. <laughs> I like that. So fun. And her throwing the knives. That was her awesome. Her throwing the knives. I love, I love a good knife throwing thing. I do too. And of course, Mando just looking amazing. And then I actually thought we were going to see the kid do something, you know, when holding up his little hand. And then, of course, the droid explodes and the kid's looking at his hand and it's Mando behind him and shot him. And I'm like, oh, that's what happened. Gotcha. They saved a lot of it by the very ending when the last line was the Mando telling the kid, that was a terrible idea. I'm like, yes, it really was. Every bit of (laughs) that was was. a horrible idea. Yep, yep, yep. But anyway, oh, fun. So we've only got two more episodes left, I think, of this season. I think so. Yeah, well, you'd think we would have finished it by now, but there's so much stuff to watch. I just finished up watching uh, Hannibal for the second time. I got to watch the final episode. Oh, my goodness. I'm on the last episode right now, and, man, I have been fast-forwarding through a lot of stuff with the Red Dragon. Unbelievable. Every time the Red Dragon gets up there and is doing his grimacing and his, I don't know, his movies and making gestures and his fake wings come up or whatever, I'm like, fast-forward, fast-forward, fast-forward. I just don't care. I really don't. Yeah, even the whole death of Dr. Chilton thing, I was like, oh, God, I, I, I want to see the after effects of this. I don't need to see it happening but oh my god with children it wasn't even he didn't even die though did he because oh that was the thing i'd completely forgotten that because you know you see the scene of him in the wheelchair he's on fire which is the second time they pulled the body in a wheelchair thing which is a ripoff from when it was in the whatever hannibal movie or red dragon i can't remember when they i think it was red dragon the new red dragon movie with ray fines ah they did that that on there okay because i know they they pretended to kill freddie Lowndes doing the same thing which is why he did that to chilton i think okay but and then you see him talking to will and then he says something like I don't know when they brought him into the hospital or when they did this. I was like, oh, fuck, he's still alive. Oh, my God, just kill him for crying out loud. I can't believe that they did that to Dr. Chilton. It really does seem like everybody hated the character so much in the movie that they were like, we're going to give you all the suffering you asked for and you'll be sorry to get it when it's done. I mean, and that... Now, Hannibal has, of course, always been evil and always been scary, but I don't think I was ever horrified by him until that scene where he eats Dr. Chilton's <gasps> lip. When yes, you, you know, exactly. Just like, he just like slurps it up, you know? Oh, that like, he slurps it up and he's looking right at Alana. I'm like, oh, the lighting, the expression on his face, just the fact that he did that? Ugh. Yeah. It was so quick, too. They didn't really even give you time to prepare for it. It was just like, and it's done. And you're like, oh my God. But... The thing is, with the Red Dragon himself, I was never particularly frightened of him. No. I mean, with the low growly voice and the teeth and eating the painting. and I mean, it was just more cartoonish than scary. It was. I'll tell you what, though. I did get a little teary-eyed this time when I made sure to watch the scene where he takes his girlfriend, who's blind, to the uh, the animal veterinary because they're working on a tiger's teeth and she gets to actually touch a tiger. And just something about the fact that, you know, you could imagine this is the only way she's ever been able to actually experience a tiger and to be Mm. able to do that when the tiger's still alive. Like, I'm just like, "Mm, this is really kind of touching. So you've not seen that actress in anything, have you? I don't don't know. Because you never watched True Blood, did you? No, I didn't. So she was in that? major character in that and oh my god you want to talk about a character that gets run through the ringer like again and oh it's so unfair it's just (laughs) the mean things and she's so lovely but she is just 
friggin' tragic, really is. And so when I see her in this, and her character was, of course, in the remade Red Dragon movie with Ray Fiennes, and when I see her character, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> because, yes, <laughs> falling for a psychopath, and it's just terrible, tragic, and she's just... Oh, I couldn't believe it. I was like, would you please leave Tara alone? Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't catch a break. She's in another TV show that I need to watch at some point. That's getting, it's been, it had three seasons, and it's got like a 7.8 rating on IMDb. It's called Queen Sugar. And let's see what the description of it is in IMDb. 7.6 rating, I apologize. I always feel like in IMDb, I mean, it's just people throwing their rating in there. But anything over 7 is usually worth your time, mm-hmm. I feel. At the very least, it means enough people who liked it voted on it to cancel out all of the trolls who decide to give a one-point rating to everything. Right, exactly. The description in IMDb is, follows the life of three siblings who moved to Louisiana to claim an inheritance from their recently departed father, an 800-acre sugarcane farm. So, I don't know. I mean, it's like I said... What is it called again? Queen Sugar. Queen Sugar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I I just, watching her in this, she's really one of the best things about these episodes, um, because I was not impressed with the Red Dragon at all, and other storylines just seemed way too convoluted um i don't know i I liked her though i thought she did a really good job yeah well it just makes it more tragic that the reason why she fell for the psychopath is that it was one of the only people who actually made a real effort to reach her as a person as opposed to her as her disability right right Yeah, oh, so tragic. Ah, leave Tara alone. Oh, my God. I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. I think Leland mentioned that he has a game review going up soon. That'll nice. be our first game review in a while. I think he got a review copy from a very nice person, he said. So, um, yeah, uh, next week we should have a Night Vale episode. You said you might pick up the new Night Vale book. I did pick up the new Night Vale book. Ah, so it's the nice. faceless old woman who secret lives in your home and the reviews have been mixed i think the fact that there is stuff that goes on in the present day where she is tormenting somebody who may possibly be named chad (laughs) nope it was craig but the rest of it is her history and a lot of people said that it was really fascinating but it doesn't feel like nightville so i'm curious to see how that works out yeah me too i mean i've been a little leery of any novel that comes from a podcast after reading the Limetown novel, which I was... Which was kind of, became more and more disappointing the more I thought back on it, because it really was written by committee, I think. Yeah. And that's, nothing's happening with Limetown, is it? No. I mean, once the TV show stopped, they were... I think there's been nothing else. I think that was, they put all their eggs in their TV show basket, and when that didn't happen, Ah, It's a shame. And I think that was the flagship show for... Facebook? <laughs> Wasn't that yeah, it was? which I remember thinking when they were releasing that, it was like, okay, it's going to be on Facebook. Who releases a TV show on Facebook? Everybody has a TV show now, so that's fine, whatever. I remember when I first heard that Amazon was having TV shows, I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. Not anymore, apparently, so who knows? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to survive without Amazon Prime oh movies and God. TV shows by now. Jeez. That's where I've been watching all those episodes of House. So. Anyway, all that and more, pixelatedgeek.com. So, um, yeah, hopefully everybody is staying home and staying safe, and uh, I hope everybody's registered to vote. <laughs> we need to put <laughs> yes. that one out there as well. Yes, please. Yes, yes. But, uh, and I guess one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. <laughs>
sounds of looking through stuff, sounds of keyboard Mm -hmm. typing. Going to edit out most, but not all of this later on. Mm. One moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Almost got it.